0: Here's the deal with my papa. Hello and welcome in to everyone. Here's the deal with Danny Sitters. I am Jeff Adair, the youth minister here at Harlan, and I'm here with Danny. Danny, it's episode six. How's it going
1: today? I love it. I'm alive and well today again, and I'm I'm thankful for this opportunity, and I just want to say thank you to all that that, uh, get on and listen and make comments, and uh, I love your input, you know it's it's helpful uh, if it, 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 for no other reason for me to be able to process again some of the things that we talk about and that's what I want to do today really want to kind of look at a practical side of what i talked about sunday so i'm ready if you're ready i'm ready so let's jump into it. i know
0: let's give a brief summary for those who may not uh, have watched all your sermon or have uh, caught it all so um You know, you mentioned we've been on the subject of our plane ticket, having our salvation, and then how we need to view heaven and earth colliding here while we're here at the present time. And so you talked about um, being a student at OCU and some foreign exchange students coming, and then you always having, uh, you and a group of friends always having the right answers for them. So I loved that story. I'm going to start off if you could briefly summarize from
1: there. So, yeah, yeah. when I was at OC, uh, Oklahoma Christian, uh, we had foreign exchange student, mostly Asian, that that came, and um, I was in the Bible department, All right. And so here is a fresh, here here's new blood. That's right, <laughs> right. Sick them, and and we did, and, and with good hearts, um, well intentioned. We 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 wanted them to know Jesus like we had come to know Jesus. So we did the only thing we knew, and that was you know, sit down, open a Bible, give them our best arguments, proof of Jesus and proof of the resurrection, and here's some scriptures to to think about, and here's what the Bible says. And um, we found it quite frustrating, I remember. (laughs) It was was frustrating because they didn't really respond the the way that um, I, I thought they should or that we thought they should. And matter of fact, later in the semester, uh, we find out that they thought that a lot of these Christians were pushy and oh. kind of odd and not really in touch with the world. <laughs> wow! And so it was. I remember it being an eye opener. Yeah. But I tell you what, I didn't. I didn't tell this part. I, I figured out how to uh, to at least take advantage of the situation. I got one of them to be my. Uh, partner in doubles ping pong and we won the oh, hey. uh, not the extracurricular what do you call it uh intramural intramural yeah we won the intramural ping pong tournament so nice hey, hey do what you can that's right exactly <laughs> awesome that's well i didn't know that that's going to yeah.
0: be hmm, i'll have to look into that for a surprise sometime down the line here <laughs> um so our method of delivery is what you were trying what you were conveying there you say hey our method has been off a little bit maybe
1: well so again if our view of the end, and, and you know, if, I feel like I'm, I'm, I am kind of go back and harp on this quite a bit, but it's so critically important. Yes. Our view of the end determines how we live life, how we see the world, how we view people. Um, you know, what is our purpose in life? And if our view of the end is that um, basically we are to get saved and Hang on to that for you know as long as we can. Don't let anybody take our our, our ticket out of here. Um, then everything is okay. And, and so, what do we share with other people? What what are True. we supposed to talk about with them? So, so we we share with them a gospel message of salvation. Then we you know so that they will believe. Right. Then we. Teach them morality. You do these things. You don't do these things. This is the way that you live, and this is what you avoid. So we 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 teach them how to believe with with knowledge. Then we teach them with knowledge how to behave, right? And if if that all goes well, then they can belong oh, to man, us. Yeah. So you know, and that's that's what religion does to people. Yeah. How do I stay in right relationship with God, and how do I keep God off my back, and how do I avoid eternal punishment? Yes, and that's been the answer. So again, if my if my focus in life is flying away to another place, and to and and to, and, and what enables us to do that. In in our thinking is having the right salvation and the right behavior, then that's how I'll live my life. Yeah. And they say, well, well, wait a minute, what about the rest of the world around us and and, and things that go on and the suffering and the evil and and you say, well, I I'm not sure, you know, it's been around forever, but I'm saved, I'm so saved. I'm, right. I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of good to go there so by the way, we're hearing all of this discussion not only in our nation now but but in the world yeah what is our role to people who are suffering and um, who, who are downtrodden and um, who are less advantaged than, than than us? What is the role of, of humanity? And I think the church the Church of Jesus Christ should be, leading the way in how to address um, the situations that we encounter in life, just like like Jesus did. But we've sort of, you know, kind of tailed off on that and don't have nearly the impact that the church had 100, 200, 300 years ago. Um, As we talked about this summer, peak of the week, the church today is more like being in a position of exile, foreigner in this land. Yeah, that's pretty true. Looked upon as people that uh, just put up with them. Or worse than that, let's get them to be quiet. Yeah. And I think we have to, we have to at least spend time evaluating, thinking about, asking questions. How did we allow ourselves to get into the situation that we find ourselves today. Oh, yeah. By going
0: through all the, the hurt and everything else that we have to go through. Yeah. Um, you mentioned in your sermon that we are the temples now, that we are the place where heaven and earth collide. And so I wanted to ask you, what, how our view of heaven, how does it help us change uh, that statement you just said in your sermon about heaven and earth colliding, and how does it affect us here on this earth?
1: So what I was pointing out is uh, under the um, topic of Jesus saying we're fishers of men. Okay, yes. And how he translated that concept by the way that he lived and dealt with people. So there's a couple of verses in the Old Testament that describe God as a a fisherman or fishing. And it has to do with... um, Taking vengeance on the oppressors of Israel, yeah. and he will reel them in, or he will hook them. And so, when Jesus, you know, called the disciples, when he called the, the fishermen, "Hey, I want to now make you fishers of men," they possibly, especially if they have a Jewish background, would hear, "Oh, yeah, let's go. I'll be, I'll be part of that team. If we're going to, we're going to get after Rome and right. put Israel back on the throne of power. Yeah, let's do that." But that's not what jesus that's not what Jesus meant and it's not what Jesus did so he he gets these men and says I want you to be fishers of men and he heals a, a paralytic you know again disease was often viewed as uh, a person is being struck down by God they're yeah. cursed by God right. with this disease um, you know leprosy was viewed that way um, he deals with um, um, adulterous women, you know that was that was taboo within the religious community. Uh, but he called these people. He loved them. He healed them. He spent time with them, and so it was as if he was going around the religious structure of his day, which was the temple. Yeah, the temple was the one who declared. Who believed right, who behaved right, and who belonged. Right, okay. And Jesus was going around that and in other words, saying that um the temple, right? The temple is the place that they, they believe that God lived. Yes. Humans have always needed to know where is God. Right. So when you when you when you kinda of walk through the um the Jewish scriptures, God was on the mountain. Yes. And scared them to death when there would be, you know, thunderous uh, noises coming from the mountain, or, or God lived in the tabernacle, or God lives in the synagogue, but God lived in the temple. That was His home. That's where heaven and earth met. That's why it was holy. You wanted to, you want to make sure that you dotted every i and crossed every t when you went into the presence of God, or something bad, you know, could happen to yeah. you. And and Jesus bypasses the the temple on the mount is basically saying the temple is here and the temple is among us and so the the temple where heaven and earth meet are are now found within individual christians as they go about their lives here on earth so that we are the ones who are taking the presence of god to the world that's a concept peter says you are now all of you are priests yeah we're we're all now called to to function this way. So yeah, if if our idea again is we fly away up there, that that leaves a lot of questions again about how I live life. But if heaven comes here, if the New Jerusalem comes here, and 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 eternity will be in the presence of God as Revelation describes um here um it means that this this is this is a good place yeah this this place might be purified by fire right it'll be it'll be now again in the presence of god but this this is this is home we change the word words to the song this world is my home yeah and and so yeah it 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 really does change one's perspective and how they are to live life. What if Jesus comes back today and neighbors that we live close to, we, we haven't tried to get involved with their lives. Well, what will life be like for them? Yeah, you know, so it raises a lot of raises a lot of question. But, but for me, it gives me direction, it gives me purpose. And in especially watching Jesus and how he lived his life and and how he he loved people. He offered grace to people. He offered forgiveness to people. You know these. Some of them are just. You know we would consider bad people, the the riffraff of culture. And and he loved them. You know I heard it said years ago that the only real harsh words Jesus ever spoke was to religious leaders. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Well, you know that's a stake in the heart. Yeah. What would he say to me? What would he say to us? What would Jesus say to the church today? I've often thought that. What would Paul say if he looked at us today? What would he say? How how, how are we doing? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question to ask um,
0: to to ask yourself. Is what what would Jesus say if we were doing that today? On that vein, I wanted to take on to the next step. I've been thinking about some things about intergenerational. And so I read a book by the Barna Group not too long ago. Old thinking that they came up with with all the research and everything was that the church exists to prepare the next generation to fulfill God's purposes, which I would say there's a lot of truth Mm -hmm. there. But they say the new thinking needs to be that the church is a partnership of generations fulfilling God's purposes in their time. So in my view of heaven, as we collide, we have the older generations, which have wisdom, knowledge, experience, and if we can get that together with the younger ones that are, um, you know, they're, they're enthusiastic, they're very, um, they have a lot of energy, and they're, they're just hot for, I, I call it hot for God. They're just ready to share. And so if we can get those two together, I think that would be a glimpse into heaven, myself. So if we can change that way of thinking, transforming our mind, like you said, so what are some practical ways that we can start thinking differently instead of just having our ticket and How we can actually create that heaven here on earth?
1: So, so I, I think we've got some challenges before us that we have to address. Yeah, it, it's like you know when you when you go through counseling with somebody and you present your issues, um, especially for men, we th- we think, okay, I said the problem, now it's going to all be better. It's all better. It's all going to go right. away. That's right. No, it doesn't go away. Yeah. you, you got to deal with this. And so I think the church has several challenges that, that, that can be overcome. It's going to take time, but we, we got to address it. So uh, somebody sent me an article this week. I believe that it came out of the Kansas City Star. The, the title of it is, Majority of Christians Don't Belong to a Place of Worship in Historic Decline a poll a poll finds by Mike Stunsum i believe is is his name and and i read this article now, again th- this is not groundbreaking news right. for us we've we've known this that church attendance church commitment has been on the decline and so as of today less than 50% of americans say they belong to a church a synagogue or a mosque And that's the first time that that statistic has dropped below 50% since the Gallup poll started in 1935. Oh, wow. Wow. It's it's sort of shocking, but yet we kind of know that. Yeah. Another 36% of millennials, and that's the years between 1981 and 1996, if you were born in those years, 36% of millennials... Uh, belong to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque, which goes back to a point that I raised a few weeks ago about this rising group of what is referred to as nons or nuns. Mm-hmm. They just have no affiliation with the body of Christ. They they might, again, acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God, Savior, and Lord. And, you know, they they, 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 they attempt to live a a moral life, right. maybe be involved with community, with community, but they're not really connected to a church with a body of believers. And you got to say why. Yeah. You got a- to say you got to ask why. What, what what is it about the church that is not as attractive as it used to be? There you go. Yeah. On the one hand, and um. Not forces, but alienates people to where they don't feel like they're they they can participate. Right. You know. So another question is: Where are we going as a church? And and by the way, again, since twenty twenty and the pandemic, everything is kind of wide open now. Right. And 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 that has forced us to ask a lot of questions. Where are our young people? why why do they not see the the value you know, in what the church has has to offer? Uh, why do we lose so many of our children uh, once they graduate high school? Yeah Those are tough questions. Now again, two ways to look at that at answering that. One is, um, well, they're they're just not really believers. Yeah. They're, they're just those people aren't committed. Um, the other is to say, what are we doing wrong as a church? Right. What do we need to improve on? And I think that there is at least some level of correlation between the church's view of the end and the outcomes that we experience. That's very true. Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. So I ask these questions of of us. I, I ask them of myself um in, in in relation to this and that is um what do we have to offer as a body of Christ what yeah. what are we offering people what are we what are we out there sharing with others that they would look at that they would listen to that they would see in us and say i'll have some of that yeah i want some of that i I want some of that yeah that, that's a tr- there's something different about you but if our again, and let me say it, it's getting redundant, if our view of the end is just hang on to my my salvation ticket and and, and that's really all the level of involvement, you know, stay away from the world, um, is, is that attractive to folks? Is yeah. that something that they would look at and say, you know I, I, I want some of that if our if our behavior and our standards, are not much different from the world. If our marriages and, and divorce rate rank, you know, neck and neck with the rest of the world, which they do, mm-hmm. and, and again, I, I wanna be careful not to just cast blanket statements over everybody that, that, that has challenges in marriage, but just in, in a statistical point of view, if our marriages are no different and, and divorce rates no different from the world, and we have the same struggles and issues and problems that that we that we at times either ignore or or have a difficult time overcoming. Why would other people want to be a part of this movement yeah uh, think about it. It would be easy to, for them to say, you know what, I, I got enough of my I own problems here. I don't, <laughs> I don't need any more of that. I don't need any more of that. I don't need to... any more of that. Yeah. But but taking it a step further, we we have the church has had a tendency to to be viewed as people who are um, condemning, finger pointing, um, isolationists. And and the world often doesn't feel loved, yeah, and accepted. So what, I think that's a. By the way, this isn't easy stuff. This a, isn't yeah. easy stuff to hear. It's not easy stuff for me to say. Right. But you know, here's the deal. That's the name of this podcast. Yeah. Here, here's the deal. What do we have? What are we offering? You know, the, Jesus said. Go into all the world, right, and make disciples. We've said, build a structure, and invite I'm, them in. Invite them here. Come here, and here's the set times that you can come in and get the message and and, and and get the morality. Um, you know, and so when we when we look to serve, let's be real honest. We tend to throw breadcrumbs from the. Cathedral windows yeah. to people, and say, "Here you go. We're we're learning how to serve. And if if you come if you come to our place next time, we'll give you two breadcrumbs in, instead of one. But we really love the world. Now go back to your side of town. Yeah. Go back to the other side of the lake. Right. Um. So I we gotta we have to we have to think. So I say, we have to have something to offer. What, so what would attract me to another group of people? Okay. right. What would attract me? And again, all of this, all of this is based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Right? That, that we, that, that's, that's a given right. from, from our perspective. We, we have nothing without Jesus. We have no hope. We we, we, have, we don't have abundant life, but with Jesus we are to have life abundantly yes and, and to go into all the world and, and, and to be different and to be the temple where heaven and earth meet yes. So you got to have something to offer. What would attract me? I'm attracted to passion in people and purpose. Mm-hmm. They have a passion for life. They have a, they have a purpose in life in the here and now. They're going somewhere. Where are they going? They they know their direction. They have a vision for life. And they work toward it. And they're and they're moving in that direction. You know, so people with a zest for life, where's my level of purpose and passion in in the here and now? I, I have to ask myself that. I'm attracted to people who have been challenged in life, who have suffered, who have failed.
0: Yeah, there you
1: go. Who have sinned, who have hurt, but they overcome it. Yeah. They they get up off the ground and through, you know, God's help and, and, and the spirit and and investing in the lives of others and, and getting advice and counseling and changing their behavior and changing their life, they've overcome. I love the story of someone that that's overcome. See, I, I wouldn't share my story, my struggle with somebody that I believe is is perfect and had no struggles. That's true. Why, yeah. why would I share that? Because I feel like they wouldn't understand me. Right. I feel like they might even point a finger at me and say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why don't you just get your life together? You know, the old Bob Newhart counseling <laughs> method. Just stop it. Just, you, stop it. just stop it. Just stop it. I would if I could. I, I'm attracted um, to people who not only have a passion, but they're working in some area of their life and in their corner of the world to make this place better. They're involved. Yeah. They, they want to see, you know, I, in, in our little neighborhood, I, I see several people, our neighbors, that once a year get out there at the entrance of the neighborhood and plant flowers, and they're doing it together. You know, I don't have a green thumb. I, I yeah. There's that's nothing that interests me, but every time I pass by and see him, I think that's what the church is supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be about. It, it could be from planting flowers to you know, uh, really being involved in the lives of those who are hurting, being connected to people who are in prison. I mean, it can go from what we might consider as something small to, to something in our mind that might be large. Yeah. But but Jesus said if you just give a cup of cold water in my name, you know, you're doing you're doing it for me. I I like I like that. I'm attracted uh, to people like that. I'm impressed and attracted to people whose marriages are a reflection, like Paul says in Ephesians, they're a reflection of Jesus and the church. Yeah. That they're really connected to each other. That you you sense a holiness and a spiritual maturity uh, uh, about them. They, the, the, those are you know, and I and thankfully Marianne and I both have couples that huh, that that will mentor us from time to time. Yes, and we don't mind sharing with them what things that we go through and challenges that we have have had, uh, because we know they work on it. Yeah. I'm impressed with, with people who raise children to have a zest for life. Yeah, and they're and they're go getters, right? Now again, I don't want to blanket statement everything because when as children grow, they they make their own decisions. Yes, and some right. choose to to go a different direction, and 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 they break our hearts, right? So that's not that's not on the parent, but I love. Families that I see, where their children are just exploring the world and growing, yeah. and they're becoming—that's that, that, attractive. Uh, what's what's attractive is people who, as as an employee, they just transform their workplace. They are light, right? They're light to the world. Um, again, they they work with a purpose and a mission, but the purpose and mission is always beyond the job description that they're given on paper. Yeah, They realize that their job description is to invest in the lives of others and, and, and help others and, and to be part of community. I, I And that's another one. I love people who are connected to community. Yes. Those are the people, by the way, that you need to talk to if you ever have a need. You say, hey, do you know somebody that knows anything about a carburetor oh yeah oh John over here does this and, yep. and Mike and Sally and Susie and but I'll tell you the best they're, they they live in community yeah there's so much blessing about being in community which you know again today we're isolated from each other yeah and and the church has to back up and ask the question how do we become community again I, I think that's a that, that's a great question yes it is um and, and so anyway, last, let me just leave you with this last one. Uh, what, what I'm drawn to are people who are keenly aware of the needs and the hurts and the challenges of society around them. All right. So people who, who do their research and they read and they think and they see and, and, and they get involved w- with other people and and i just thought okay what what are our challenges today how, how might we do this well here's what we know people are struggling with their health mm-hmm. you know not not just since not just with covid but but health in general there there's a financial challenge that people have today um people people struggle with their own purpose in life yeah. what am i here for what what, what am i supposed to do Uh, marriage challenges family challenges Uh, raising children today raising children today is not like when i raised when marianne and i raised our four or when you and i were were raised right exactly it's changed it's different And, and this isn't a podcast on that but I, I do know of several young couples today who have uh, talked to me about it. And I always refer them to Marianne. I said, don't ask me because <laughs> I, I wasn't the one that raised them. You know, <laughs> you know the uh, my, my, uh, my approach was if they came in in the middle of the night, you know, and and um they start calling our name i always told me hey, just go to the bathroom you know that's what my dad told me that going to the bathroom fixes everything nightmares <laughs> yeah or, you know whatever a headache or ache. just go to the bathroom and that'll be fine my other approach was to say you want me to get the belt you know i had yeah. a i had a cowboy belt i never wore but i had it hanging in the closet because it had a big buckle and if i went and grabbed Ooh. it it jingled and you ask any of my four today what was one of the most scary sounds it was the belt buckle oh wow, wow. So thankfully I never, I never had to swing it, but no, that's not the world that children are growing up. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't say that to, 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 to sound condemning, but there, there are a lot of questions that, that are being asked. Yes. Uh, people struggle with isolation today. So, so what do I have to offer? Whoa, how could I, how could I help them? right? More than just, hey, got a Bible study here for you. And by the way, Bible studies are critical. I I don't demean or denounce that in any way. I want somebody that would be involved in my life. I want somebody that would love me. I need somebody that offers me grace. And I need somebody that will walk along with me and help me on this journey of becoming what I'm called to become. Yeah. But the challenge is this, that takes time, it takes money, it takes effort, it takes rearranging my calendar. But what a difference the the church could make if we were to do that. Yeah. So the text that I read from was Romans uh, chapter 12. And, and, and the verse was, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So he's writing to the, the believers in Rome. And I just went back and I looked at all of the things that Paul had said in that chapter before he got to that. And, and a couple of things I want to point out. Okay. Um, that in view of God's mercy, we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifice, right? Don't conform to this world. Don't be like this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But he says a few other things. Practice hospitality. Hmm. So we tend to think of hospitality as um, having someone over and sitting down having a meal. Right. Which is a part of it. But hospitality, I believe, literally means to open my space to someone so that they feel comfortable coming into my space. Yeah. See, I think of a hotel when I think of hospitality is that way. Yeah. Right. You're welcome here. Mm-hmm. As you are, you're, you're welcome in my space. So it might include my house or, or my car, but it's in my personal space. Yeah. You're welcome in my life. I'm not judging you. Wow. I'm not condemning you. You're, you're, you're welcome uh, to, to be around me. He, he talks about um, be devoted to one another. And he says, share with God's people who are in need. And then this one. Bless those who persecute you. Hmm. Church is being persecuted today. Yeah, and boy, we don't like it. Mm-mm. And we want to. We want to, you know, we want to get this thing straightened out and get right, and you know, put people in jail. And, and um, you know, I mean, it's it's tough. I say how. How could we bless people that persecute us? How could we bless people that look down on us, mock us, make fun of us, condemn us? Yeah. How would we bless them? How could we love them? And knowing that if you were to go and bless them in whatever way, you're probably going to get shouted out, yeah. made fun of, made to look inferior. It doesn't matter, though. The church is, is the church has a higher calling than the standards of this world. Right. Bless those who persecute you. And um, he says, Associate with people of low position. Mm. So he kind of gives you all these things to, to work on yeah. as as a community and then says, Look, don't be overcome by evil. We overcome evil with good. And I gave a couple of examples with the Christmas, the history of Christmas, and how early Christians did that. And then, of course, in Ephesus, and and, and how they did. It. It's possible, but not until we get really honest with ourselves and ask these questions, and take a look at our own theology, and challenge one another. Yeah, there you go. With with these questions. You know, and maybe, maybe we begin to form a, a think tank group of, of Christians here that we have these discussions. I like that. Where have we failed? How can we put into practice the principles that Jesus not only taught, but that he lived so that we can reach the world around us? I do believe there's hope. It'll take time. It's yeah. not a quick fix. No. We're just at the beginning right now of of, of church counseling. Yes, right? there you go. <laughs> we can we can identify it, but don't think that that solves it. Yeah, and we begin to to proceed to become Jesus to the world. That's what we're looking to do. Yeah, be Jesus to the world because this is Jesus's world. Right. That's very true. Going back to that Barna research, they
0: the kids saying that like they're harping on it but so that we need to rethink the way that we make disciples and that just really stuck with me because kind of like what you were saying we need to rethink our theology and how we view the end times because i'm sure your end time view like you've said before affects your here and now so if you're just checking your ticket you've got to say hey you're telling somebody else as long as you get your ticket you're good and that's not that's not the way to make a disciple so that always that always stuck with me true as we're continuing through this uh, thought process, um, can you give us a little preview of what you're thinking about for Sunday? I know Sunday, of course, I've always, always made the joke with Danny on um, Easter. I know the subject matter, so I know where he's going, but
1: I, I still want to get a preview for this Sunday since it's Easter. So you, you blew my funny answer. I was going to say resurrection. Let's talk about the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is what the world will, the church worldwide will We'll be thinking about. Yes. Resurrection. What, what does it mean? Now, we know the resurrection of Jesus. And so I, Sunday, I, I don't have any plans to do proof of the resurrection of Jesus. What does his resurrection mean for my life? Yeah. And how do I resurrect? Okay. What, what, I'm drawing a blank here. In 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 John three, Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again. Yes, right. We tend to think of a a topic like that, being born again, as a one time deal. I I was born again. I was born into the kingdom or in Jesus and my salvation. But but you read that you read that text again and again, um, you begin to realize that being born again is not a one time event. No way. I had a, a mentor tell me years ago, if you don't reinvent yourself every five years, you're not growing. Yeah, if you don't change, what what does that mean? Being born again, s- starting over. Uh, if your marriage is not born again every four or five years or so, you know, because we're all getting older and we think differently and our hormones change, right. and, are you really growing, yeah. or, or or are you or, or are you stagnant? The same thing with resurrection, right? What, what is my resurrection in life? Well, it begins with, again, my coming to Jesus dead, right? Romans 6 right. And, and, and our baptism and we, we're dying to self and we're buried and then we're pulled up through the waters, right? Our resurrection in Jesus to new life. Yes. And that's a resurrection. But there are other times in life when I need to be resurrected. I'm kind of dead. Yeah. Dead all over like Rover or I kind of gotten lax. How do I continue this process of being resurrected? And sometimes not always, sometimes it means coming to the end of myself. Mm. Which is where our first resurrection took place, I right? Was i gonna say, yeah. You die, right? You doesn't get any more dead than dead. Yeah. So I'm thinking about the prayer of Jonah from the belly of the whale. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's something about that prayer that just cracks me up. He really had nowhere else to turn. I say, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I wanna, and I'm not sure. I'm thinking. I'm thinking this through. But that prayer uh, in the darkness of the whale, of well, and God resurrected him. Yeah. But look at his words. But here's how I know this idea of resurrection isn't a one-time event. God resurrected him. He changed his mind. He goes to Nineveh, preaches, they repent, and he turns around and gets angry again. Yeah, so he's still mad. <laughs> he's mad. He's, he's in need of a new resurrection. Yeah. He, he's in need of being born again. So I want, us, I want us to think about that, where we are in life. The resurrection means that death no longer holds any power over us. Yes. That we are now a people of hope. But again, practically, what does that mean? How do I live resurrected life? Yeah. Yeah. In, in the midst of the world around me. So anyway, that's the long answer to your short question about where we're going Sunday. I love it. I can't wait
0: for that. Um, I was talking with the teens on this past Sunday, a couple of days ago, about how you know Easter's coming up and how all their friends and mostly everybody knows the story of it and how uh, we are getting to it. So I told them to keep their eyes out for world-changing events since we're going to be coming to a world-changing event on Sunday. Yeah. So I told them to keep their eye out for world-changing events this week. Now, that could be... Somebody sending you a text saying hello, or like we talked about before, somebody's sending you a text saying, I believe in you. So thing I told them to look out for that. So one thing I'll, I'll tell you, too, is look out for world-changing events this week. So everybody out there listening as well. It's going to be a big thing. I love, I love Easter. I love it. So, Danny, thank you again for coming in and sitting down love with me. I really appreciate it. This is thank fun.
1: You. Thank you.
0: I know I've heard a lot of people that have sent me texts and everything that's saying they're really enjoying the podcast. So this is really good stuff. I am really appreciate you sitting down. Yeah. Thank you again for the sermon. I know what all it takes to to put into a sermon on Sunday afternoon. I'm sure you are probably a little tired after getting done (laughs) getting done preaching. So I appreciate all the work that you go into that. It's really good stuff that you're putting out. I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you. I I I enjoy it. And you know, I, I will say that it's amazing to me that I'm in this position as minister. I I grapple with the grace of God, the love of Jesus trying to articulate those concepts and life altering ideas to people yeah and so i'm i'm really today thankful for grace love it everyone have a wonderful week daniel's good to see you again brother have a good one thank you god bless all of you